We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional i don't know about you guys but for me a game is 10 times more exciting when i'm putting my money on it sometimes i have a gut feeling about a matchup and sometimes i'm just betting on my team because they are my team regardless whether you've been betting for years you're ready to play for the first time my bookie is your best bet this season so if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in 10 seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got Myers. And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. folks what's good we're back episode i think 45 maybe 46 maybe 44 i really don't know but we're back and fellas there's a big game coming up on saturday that is what i'm hearing college game day in waco number one team in the country already beat us at allen so definitely can't see uh billy getting swept by scott drew but Obviously, yeah. biggest game of the year, so hopefully they show up. Thank yeah. God it's at 11 fucking in the morning. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about that real quick. 
We've had three, I would say, huge games this year at Villanova, Baylor, and now this. And we've played the first one against Nova was 11 a.m. The Baylor one was at 12 in a freaking snowstorm. And this one's at 11 a.m. That's just extremely unlucky. And I would argue our fourth biggest game was the Maui final, which was at like 4 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, that was great. That worked out it's perfectly sick. for me. Now it was the day before Thanksgiving, so everyone was watching. But still, like 4 o'clock on a Wednesday, like no one's like, come on. That's true. Was weird. Um, we will get into the Baylor episode. Want to talk about some few thi- a few things before we get to it. First off, so shout out to you guys, the listeners. Uh, we had thrown around the idea of making some shirts, throwing them up, seeing if anybody was interested. And I remember brainstorming with these guys being like, all right, should we use like a third party website that will take the payment? It'll print them. It'll ship them and send them out. Or should we, you know, just do the work ourselves, save ourselves a little money and uh, we'll have them printed. We'll ship them ourselves. We're all like, yeah, let's just have them ship. Let's just ship them ourselves. Well, it's a good problem to have, but you guys are so awesome for buying so many shirts that now we're essentially running a freaking t-shirt company out of our houses because we have to somehow print all these sh- print and ship all these shirts. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all of our listeners. We had orders from like all over the country. I feel like there's like 10 states that we have to ship to and it's crazy like seeing that that many people support our pod all over the country and yeah, definitely thought it would like be easy. We thought maybe we'd sell a couple shirts, and but the support's been outrageous, and we're obviously really thankful. Yeah, it, it's been pretty funny because it's like one of those things where when you say it up up front, you're like, "Yeah, this won't be that bad." And now we're like looking at the work ahead, and we're like, "Oh my god, what have we done?" But you're gonna get your shirts, folks. We promise. Uh, and we might just turn into a full-blown t-shirt company here soon after all the studying and research we've been doing. So, uh, again, shout-out to you guys. If you want to buy a shirt, DM us your size, your uh, address, and support the pod. 25 bucks. So, and we hopefully, we, uh, hopefully we can get some long sleeves out soon, hoodies. and I know we obviously got a lot of uh, work to do before we do that, but probably getting some more uh, Ain't No Seats colored shirts, too. For sure, for sure. But all right. Um, let's get into this past week for Kansas. Mainly, we already talked West Virginia, so let's just talk uh, OU and Iowa State. And I feel like when we talk OU, really all that comes to mind is Marcus Garrett turning into the best shooter of all time. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I remember we talked, we did that episode last year when Marcus had a really good stretch, and we compared him to like some of the best players in the world, like just messing around. And then I don't think he made another three the rest of the year, but... I'd say that game on Saturday was had to have been as best as a Jayhawk. Oh, absolutely. 24, 24 points, five boards, seven assists, and then has four steals and goes six for nine from three. Yep. And the thing I loved about it the most is that, like, Long Kruger seems to have this, like, weird thing. Like, he was the first one to start the hack-a-shack or the hack-a-doke or poke-a-doke or whatever you want to call it. He was also the first one to just, like, blatantly – literally leave Marcus wide open. Like, he was giving him, like, 10 feet of space. And Marcus just started chucking him. I think, didn't Marcus miss his first couple? 
I think so. Um, but I could be wrong. I want to say he started over two, and then from there he just went. Bonkers. He went on a stretch where he just didn't miss. I was literally laughing out loud to myself yeah. while watching the game because it was so outrageous how many shots in a row he hit. I had just texted a friend that's not a KU fan. I was like, if Marcus has any sort of jump shot, like he's a superstar. And then he made like five in a row in like the first or whatever, like a quick span. And it was just, it was seriously one of the funniest things I've seen while also being like super awesome because it was just, it made no sense. Like, what? What? He turned into Reggie Miller for a game. It was. Do you guys know what he's shooting from three this year? Well, I bet it went up 8% after that OU game. Yeah, he's sitting, he's shooting like two threes a game, but he's sitting at like, he's sitting at 35% from the year, which is. I mean, we good. will that every day. Yeah, especially from him. Like, I think his career, like last year, I think he went 26% from three. And mm-hmm. then the four is like 25. So he's been sitting around 25 his whole career. And this year, he's just kind of been the complete package. Like, everyone's talking about him being defensive player of the year. And then he really can get us a bucket sometimes whenever he wants. He gets to the rim a lot and finishes. And if he's going to hit threes when teams sag off him, we're going to be really dangerous. And it's not even that for me, like, just the threat of him being able to shoot at all. Like, when teams see that 36%, like, they're not going to just sag off and play in the paint. And he's such a good driver and get into the rim that, like, it's just going to open up things so much for him and the offense in general because if Marcus's defender's sagging off and he has the ball, he can't feed Doe because they they just double-team in pretty much. So, like, just the threat of him being able to shoot. If he doesn't make one the rest of the year, but he stays, like, over four the rest of the year, that's fine with me if they're guarding him, like, yeah, there. he's doing his job, like to me. Yeah, because then he'll just blow by if they bat, if they come up and pressure him, you know. Exactly. We don't need him to make. He's not a three point shooter. That's what Brown and Dotson now and Ochai and all them are for. Like, it's not his role to shoot. But if they have to respect it, then it makes everything else easier. Maybe that's why we scored a hundred points on Monday. And that was <laughs> that was the crazy thing about the OU game is, I mean, he was he hit at one point he'd hit five threes and they're still backing off of him. It's like you would think if a guy hit like four or five or just multiple threes in a game, you would come up and guard him. But they stayed oh. back and kind of backed, packed the paint and made Marcus hit threes, and he just continued to do it. I'm sure they were kind of sitting there just like, uh, yeah, there's no way he's going to make another. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I was thinking, like, there's no way he's making another one splat. I think I was saying that at three. After three, I was like, well, he ain't making a fourth. And after four, it's like, well, no chance he makes five. And when he made six, I just was, like A.B. said, literally laughing out loud watching the game because that's just freaking absurd for a guy that I think had made three all year. What was it? He had made like three in the last two months or something. I can't even remember what it was, but just insane. Um, but I thought about this the other day when it comes to Marcus, obviously his offense was nice, but is his like, is him like pickpocketing someone while they're dribbling? becoming like the same version of like a Jeff Withy block. Like, I feel like it's rare to where you can oh block. Like, you know how a block gets a crowd super excited. I feel like when Marcus gets steals now, it's like different than when everyone else gets steals. Cause the whole stadium is just like waiting for it to happen. Like it's crazy. I've never seen a guy be able to like make such an impact. Just li- you can't cross over in front of him. And it just blows no. my mind. Time. That OU game, he literally changed the first half. By those back-to-back steals, from there the game was over. Like, yeah, that kind of led to layups, didn't they? Yes, both of them. And it just reminds me of like a shot blocker, like a Jeff Withy, when you need some stops, him getting two blocks and leads to layups on the other end. 
Marcus Garrett does that, but literally just by taking the ball from the other team. And I, I don't know. I can't remember that ever being the case, but yeah, it's those cool. Are like, those are the plays that really get the crowd into it too. Yeah, that. that need, need a couple stops and Marcus get a steal or whatever. His hands are just so quick, and it's not even the steals too. It's like him getting his hands into the passing lanes and deflecting balls, and like you just. I don't like you said you can't really blow by him. He's no. you can definitely make the argument that he's the best defensive player in the country. He just and he just knows what guys are going to do. Like he he's so good at reading the scouting report and like he knows guys go to moves. So and I feel like most college kids aren't that good at like reading that type of stuff. So these guys aren't expecting him to know that and he's just always a step ahead of them. It's crazy to watch. Um, did, did we talk about this last pod where I tweeted out, uh, you have to guard, you have to try and score. You get 10 attempts to try and score on Marcus Garrett. If you score, you get a hundred thousand dollars. If you don't score, you pay him a thousand. And there were people saying, oh yeah, I'd try it. Are those people delusional? B turn. I'll give you the floor. I mean, I've, I'm sure a lot of them wouldn't score, but I think it's obviously a good bet. Like so just, you would you would try it? Yeah, I would try it. I'd just put up jumpers, and I don't know. I mean, you said what was the payout again? If you hit, if you scored on him, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, I probably lose a dollar. I mean, I guess if you got money to blow, you got money to give up a thousand. But I mean, are you risking a thousand dollar bet in March Madness on something crazy to happen? Like I, well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> A-B. I mean, I'm definitely not dribbling against him. Like, I'm yeah. just turning around, throwing something up. Maybe I bank one in. So, A.B., are you the guy that maybe says, oh, I'll, I'll back him down. I'll back him down all the way to the <laughs> Um, Maybe I should do that. I hadn't thought about that aspect. But, uh, no, there's no way I'm doing that. Like, And like you said, are you putting a grand on, like, a crazy bet in March Madness? Like, if you can afford to bet $1,000 on a 100-to-1 prop, yeah. you don't need you don't need the hundred grand you know what i mean like i know that sounds crazy but like if you can i don't know i guess you can do it for the experience it'd be cool to say you went one-on-one against like a elite like college basketball player but i don't know like like Braden said you can't dribble against him he's gonna pick you up wherever like you're not fast enough to get by him especially me like i'm not gonna dribble by him and go for a layup yeah. if he comes up and crowds me so he can crowd me it doesn't matter where i start with the ball like i saw some yeah. people say they'd shoot a half court shot He's going to guard you at half court because there's no threat of you getting around him. I know. <laughs> and there's benefits to him, too. It's not like the $1,000 goes to, like, some, like you just lose it to, like, Vegas. Like, he personally gets the 1000 So, you know, he's going to oh, go yeah. out if there's people lining up. There's no chance I'm scoring. And I'm just not going to do it. For sure. He's locking you up. And people aren't, like, realizing how gassed you would be. This guy plays college hoops he guards the best player on every team he's in the best shape anybody could be in and us all these people on twitter being like yeah i could you're gassed after four attempts to score unless you're like b turn who's just putting up jump shots but b turn's just getting the ball swatted into his face every time because like you said marcus is crowding you so i just thought i was shocked at how many people were like i'll give it a try because to me it's just handing someone a thousand dollars I have a question about it, though. Go ahead. So, I don't remember exactly what the tweet said. Was it 10 chances or 10 shots? 
Ten chances. Okay, so if you get your own rebound, you can put it up. That doesn't count as, like, two shots, does it? No, yeah. If you get your, if the ball plays on until Marcus has possession, and then he checks it back up. I guess. Okay, so I, mean, if, I guess if you get blocked, then, like, I don't, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm tall. I'm about as tall as Marcus. I think. What is he, 6'6"? Six, six? I'm 6'4"-ish, six, so it's not, like, not that crazy. Um, yeah. If he like if I get him to jump on a shot and he blocks it and I get it back and like throw it up really quick and hope for the best while he's off balance maybe yeah but, like I don't think he's gonna fall for like a pump fake or like like I don't think he's gonna have to jump to try and block a shot with my and if he does mean? fall for a pump fake he'll recover quick enough to block whatever next move you do right <laughs> yeah no no chance like it was just yeah I mean you it, it could happen with something fluky like any a hundred to one prop bet or whatever so it's like yeah so like i said if you have a thousand to blow then maybe you do it but i don't know i just thought it was hilarious people being like oh yeah i'm trying that which and i mean i guess it depends on how good of a basketball player you are like if you played high school basketball then maybe you're like yeah i probably could but it was wild i couldn't believe the amount of people that were down to give it a shot but fun hypothetical the next one i want to do is like uh i'll I'll tweet this out this week like (laughs) You get 10 attempts to try and stop Doke in the post. Are you trying it? Yeah, I <laughs> would. Talent of- AB, you have a decent shot, I feel like, out of anybody being six you know, foot. I, I think I, I weigh much more than he does. I know he's tall. But, like, where does he start with the ball? Is he going to do that little shitter at the top of the key like he did on Monday where he dribbles by me? Or is he, like, literally starting up on, like, a post entry? Yeah, I think he starts with a post entry and you just got to try and stop him. Well, if, so, like, we would have to find a way to make it super fair to where he's not, like, automatically starting with position. Because, guys, now, if he automatically starts, like, on the block or in the paint, <laughs> he's 100% from the floor against, like, Division okay. One college players. So, so like, we would make it so he's trotting down the court and he starts his, like, fight for position as the offense starts to run. I I would be much more open to that one than the scoring on Marcus Garrett. I think that one, I mean, that one suits you better because yeah, well, he has no offense outside of three feet. So, like, if I can use my my fat ass to, like, hold him <laughs> eight feet away from the bucket and then just pray that he doesn't, like, um, he could probably finesse around me because he's a way better athlete than I'll ever even think about being. So he might be able to, like, make a move. He might do a little Joel dream shake thing. But he's not going to, like, turn around and hit a seven-foot jump shot on me. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That, I need to tweet that one out. Maybe I'll do that tonight because it would be interesting. I, turn, I'm going to go ahead and just say you have no shot in that one. But tall and white. <laughs> yes. I think I would actually do the challenge against Joke. We should try that. We should this see. This isn't him. like a this. I don't think that's as crazy as people saying they can score on Marcus. Like I, I legitimately think that I could stop Doke once. That's true because all, but yeah, because it's of, all it, about positioning. It has nothing to do with me playing <laughs> good defense once he gets the ball. Honestly, yes, it, it does because one pump fake, you're going flying, and he's no, going. Oh no, 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 no! No, I'm not because if he catches the ball six feet out, I'm not buying his pump fake from six feet. He has zero chance of making that. I'll, I'll let him shoot six footers all day, all day long. I'll let him shoot six footers all day long. And it's if he makes one, footer. but he's backing your ass down. He's you may be bigger, but he's still stronger than you. Yeah, but man, <laughs> man. Uh, this is I want to try this. We need a YouTube channel. Chance this can happen because 
he is as about as uh what's the word he gets injured a lot and yeah. he's not gonna risk like going against me <laughs> 10 times after he graduates <laughs> but you imagine, why do i want to try this really can you bad. imagine ab being the guy that broke joe lmb's back in college and then he just destroys Joka <laughs> hey. Hey, no seats member puts Udoka Azubuki out for the season in a wheelchair. Udoka misses tournament due to YouTube clip, which would have paid him $1,000 illegally. How about that? Oh, uh, man. The guy that went to the dorms and tried to help Udoka shoot free throws. <laughs> that was so wild, dude. KU fans are so weird. I um, can't believe Bill kept him in that game still against OU and Trey Young was there. Oh, yeah. But oh maybe that – I literally – like, would Udoka's free throws be such a story if that game – if Bill takes him out that game? I honestly don't think they would be. Not nationally, but I feel like locally it was already a story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's still, what, 30%? I, yeah. But, I, yeah. Year, at least. He's 42% this year, folks. And you know what's wild? It feels like he's on fire. <laughs> It's so crazy. I feel like lately it's kind of slowed down, but at one point he was making them kind of consistently. Yeah, he got hot. He lane viol- He commits a lane violation every time he makes one. Yeah, ref called <laughs> <up> that. <laughs> um, you know, to me, okay. it's like the opposite of Dotson because Dot shoots what, like eighty-five percent from the line. But I weirdly, I don't feel comfortable with him at the free throw line. Like I feel yeah, like he right. always he he misses way more free throws than the stats show, in my opinion. <laughs> They're it's missing. Crazy. I mean, that's, that might be part of, like, just because the Nova game, he kind of missed some. <laughs> Maybe, but, I mean, there was a game a couple weeks ago where he, yeah. he missed the front end of a one-on-one, one, or he missed both. Of that, like a two that's what I was right. going to say. I think Dot misses the front end of the one-on-one, one, yeah. and that makes people, like, so fr- – when someone misses that, you lose your mind. So. <laughs> I have a they should make a statistical rule. If you miss the front end of the one-on-one, one, that counts as two misses. <laughs> I think no. I honestly think that's fair. No one gives a fuck about free throw percentage. (laughs) Make the first one. Do you get two makes? No, because if you make the second (laughs) one, you get the. If you make the second one, you get a second shot anyways, and you can make it that one. Is there anything worse than like a a tight game late and one of a uh, like a KU player gets fouled and you're just like, please make the front end. Have we talked about? Have we talked about like? An Elite Eight game with, like, 20 seconds left. We're down two and Dope gets fouled. Like, not oh even 20 God. seconds left. Like, how awful is that moment going to be? <sighs> I'm so stressed about I think about, about it all the time, though. Like, there's going to be a big game, and he's going to have the ball in the post and just get hacked. I know. Like, going up for a dunk. and. But it's like, at this oh, point, man. you see... It used to be like, okay, we can take him out, but now he's the best defensive player in the country. You can't yeah. take him out. That's we enough. cannot take him out. We are so much better. Like, everyone in the world, doesn't matter if you follow basketball like us or you, like, casually watch it just for fun, everyone notices we are a zillion times better when Doke is on the court. Anytime <laughs> yeah. someone goes on the run, it's when Dave is in or Tristan's trying to play big or Silvio, he's not suspended. Like, anytime Doke is off the court, I feel like the other team immediately goes on an 8-0 run. Yeah. They, need to start, they need to start having prop bets about how soon Tristan's going to travel every time he comes in a game. <laughs> Dude, that one he had the other night was outrageous. <laughs> he, nobody was even around him. I swear he traveled twice. He, like, traveled. They let him get away with it, and then he traveled again within, like, 
10 seconds of being in the game. What? How nervous are you guys for dope that get like two early fouls in the tournament? <laughs> like it's, it's gonna happen. The thing though, here's the thing. Yudoka, like I think the stats show like his per 40, whatever, foul analytics. Like he doesn't foul a lot. So even if he does get two, I'm confident now. I used to not be confident in him. I'm confident now that he at least knows to play a little smarter. And hopefully he just does the T-Rob thing where like remember when T-Rob would get two fouls and he would just literally not play defense for the rest of the half. And NCAA tournament game. Probably okay with that in the first half because you just can't afford to go to pick up a third or something. But yeah, I mean it's terrifying. But Dave just has to be ready. Like I thought, Dave played a little slower and under control these last two games. He still lets any jump shot he sees fly immediately. But <laughs> no hesitation. There was, there was one on Monday where we like came out of a timeout, and we all know the Bill Self after timeout plays are fantastic. And, okay. But for whatever reason, Dave caught it like on the short corner. And was, like, posting up, like, 10 feet away and tried, like, a Kobe fadeaway turnaround jumper after timeout. I lost it. I think it was in the first half when the game was still close. And I'm looking. I'm like, Dave, what in the fuck are you doing? Like, I know you've never seen a 10-footer you don't like. Please, any other time but now in a close game against a really bad team in a game that I didn't want to passionately care about because Iowa State stinks and Halliburton's out. So there's no reason to be excited to watch it. I was so mad at Dave, and I wanted him cut. I didn't want him cut. I like him. But, God, that made me so mad, and that's all I remember about the game the other night. Yeah, Iowa State decided not to miss the whole first half, and we're still up, like, 10 at half. Yeah. I mean, of, of Marcus against OU. Like, Iowa State's not a good three-point shooting team, and they just kept making them. So I kept thinking, like, there's no way they're going to keep making these. Like, they're, they're 8 of 10. There's no way they're going to make another. Sure enough, they did. But we just kept, like, kind of sagging off. Like, I think we were texting about it. Bill kind of. Maybe someone tweeted. I don't know, but it just felt like Bill was like, "Yeah, this isn't sustainable for them." So like, why we're not going to freak out about it? Like, what is Steve? What does Steve Prohm say in the locker room after his awful basketball team goes nine of eleven from three and down eleven? Like, what do you even <laughs> say? Like, all right, boys, we're fine. Like, how do you say, "Hey, boys, we just played the absolute best we played all season. And we're down double digits." I think you just be like. Well, there's a moral victory. Now let's go get shit pumped and get home. Like you knew they were getting absolutely clobbered that second half. Because they were, they had what, like 40 points at half? Yeah. Or no, they had 39. We, it was 50 to 39, maybe, or maybe it was 50 to 40. I can't remember. And but nine, they were like nine of 11 or something. Yeah, they had like a. They were like Villanova 2018 Final Four light, and we're down. Stop it. <laughs> You're down like four or five possessions. Like, that just had to be the most demoralizing locker room. Just being like, guys, we literally can't even come close to replicating that in the second half, and we already are down double digits. So, oh, um, I guess we're into the Iowa State game. Do you guys have anything else from OU? All I remember from that game yeah, is Marcus yeah. Garrett. 19-8-5 um, from uh, Devon Dodson. He's good. We'll get to him when this Iowa State game gets going. And then Doak had 15 and 17. He's pretty dominant. Yeah, I remember that was super quiet because everyone was talking about Marcus all game. And at the end of the game, they're like, in Doak with 15 and 17. I was like, what? It was the most quiet 15 and 17 in the history of Kansas basketball. 17 rebounds is so many. Like, just think about that. That's so many rebounds. How many shots did the team miss per game? Like 30? 
Sure. Again, us probably more than most, so that should help Doak's rebound numbers. <clears throat> just insane. I mean, just he got half of our rebound. I don't know how many rebounds we got. That's kind of what I, the math I was trying to do. But seventeen in a college he's game. Had, he's had multiple games where he's had like double digit rebounds at half. Like <laughs> yeah. TCU and OU, he had ten. I think there's other ones where he's been right around ten at half. Like, who knows? He could have a twenty rebound game this year. Like, legitimately, I'm not kidding. If we play, if Doak plays like that, we will not lose. We don't. No. We don't lose. It's insane. When you just look back at his career, even his sophomore year, when he wasn't even that good yet, when he had dominant games, we just won. We went to the Final Four. Like, he's insane. Yeah, because we talk about, I mean, everyone's saying Marcus Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year, but I think Doak right up there with him, you know? Well, yeah, Sam, what's his name, A.B.? Sam Vashini. Yeah, uh, he wrote an article today about how, yeah, Marcus Garrett is, like, super legit defensively, but when it comes to actually impacting how many points other teams score, like, Udoka has a bigger impact just because, like, a big man protecting the rim can do more than probably a guard. But it's crazy. Like, yeah, Marcus gets all the love, and he absolutely deserves it, but Doke also is, like, having a – Jeff Withy type, probably not as good as Jeff Withy, but he's like almost that good, which is mind-boggling to think about because before this year, I don't even think we really thought of Doak as a defensive force at all. Like, I wonder what Bill said to him earlier in the year. Um, because, like, there was a span where he just wouldn't rebound. I think he had a game where he had, maybe it was the Dayton game where he had, like, two or three rebounds, just wasn't doing it. And I think Bill publicly said he needs to get more. In the next game, he had, like, nine in the first half. Yeah, and like, but since then, I feel like he's been a pretty consistent rebounder. No, I may be wrong, and maybe I'm just remembering the big games and not like all of them as a whole. But it feel like it feels like it turned from you are seven foot and a physical like dominant like person. You should absolutely get ten rebounds every game when you're only getting four. To like there are games where he gets seventeen like on Saturday. It's, it's yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm just thinking of the big ones, but it feels like wild. super quick. He was benched like two weeks ago, which we've just totally forgotten. Like that worked brilliantly. That's what I was How about scared to say. were you guys when you saw that? <laughs> that was the Texas game, right? I think so. Yeah. I thought he was hurt. But that's was, what I was about to say. Yeah. Like how aggressive and dominant has he been since that moment? Like I think every game he's he's had multiple games where he's had like seventeen or eighteen rebounds now. And then he's just catching in the post, going up, dunking on people. At one point, he was making his free throws consistently. And, like, when he wants to play, when he wants to turn it on, he's dominant. And like Rice said, if he does that rest of the year and stays out of foul trouble early, I don't see why he can't, like, average something like 15 and 13 or something like that, you know? I know. That would be incredible. Um, Okay, Doke's good, but we need to talk about the guy on our team that could very well win National Player of the Year. And before we get into it, A.B., I'm going to kick it to you to give us some Ken Palm numbers. He's firing up. I wish you guys could see him on video right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. Devon Dotson nationally right now is not getting the love for National Player of the Year. But I'm telling you, if we win at Baylor and Devon has a good game, he will become the favorite for National Player of the Year. I just feel like that's how college basketball works. They react so quick to something big happening. And if number three goes in and beats number one, led by a National Player of the Year candidate, he will become the favorite, and I've never wanted anything more in my life. A.B., will you give me some reasons why Dot should win National Player of the Year? Um, 
So, yeah, you guys know how much I love Ken Palm. That's not a secret. But he does his little player of the year thing. Um, and he's just killing everyone. He's pulling away. He's like, like KU as a team is pulling away from everyone. But Dotson, so his Ken Palm. By now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use, and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free, and iTrust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future. With iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's itrustcapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. Itrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal, investment, or tax professional. Player of the year rankings, 1.704. The next best is 1.59, and there's like a group of like five people, like Luke Garza, Vernon Carey, Marcus Howard, Malachi Flynn. They're all in like the 1.59 to 1.52 range. So, yeah. like, it's just insane how much of a lead he has. Now, like you said, I know Fran's kind of been pushing it lately on broadcast, which I don't know how much you've seen since you go to every game. But, like, he's been pushing the dot for player of the year train because apparently he loves Ken Palm, too. But, I, like you said, I, I thousand percent agree. If he goes in and dominates Baylor and we win and we have to number one or two in the polls, um, I mean, absolutely. He's the best player in the best team. He, he's probably – what's he average 20 points a game yet? He's at, he's at 18 and a half. Okay. I didn't know if uh, Monday night put him over or anything, but I mean, he's close to 20 points. Like I know Jared Butler's like insane and Baylor's been like a cool story, but yeah, uh, it's, but it's crazy that like a guy that we think could legitimately win national player of the year is like not close to a lock for conference player of the year. At least I don't <laughs> think like, like I feel like the big 12, they love doing the, Oh yeah, last year, best player on the best team or whatever. So like, if Jared Butler keeps playing well, and I don't know, but we'll see. I think regardless if he wins the award or not, I think he should. But if you have a point guard that's in the conversation and is going to be an All American, like that sets you up big time in March because it's all about guard play in March. So I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. And imagine, imagine if he like he keeps riding this momentum coming off this game on Monday. I mean. I'd argue probably second best game in his KU career behind the Dayton game earlier this year when he had 30 plus, and then he kind of got some uh, love on uh, Sports Center too, and they showed that one graphic that he's the uh, one player in the NCAA with 450 points, 100 rebounds, 100 assists, and 50 steals this year. Yeah, I wonder how close Marcus Garrett is to that. Like, I don't know how like what you would have to average to score 400, 450 points, whatever the number was to like get to that but he Marcus got to be there in steals rebounds and probably close in assists I would think yeah I just bet he's not there I feel like we've kind of been pushing the uh national player of the year for him but I feel like KU fans haven't really this year I feel like it's because we expect more out of him which is crazy to say because he's averaging 18 5 and 5 or whatever it is but I think we I think we know he can still do more because he's not shooting it well from deep like exactly. Before, before Monday, he was at 27, 28% from three, and then he goes six for eight, and now he's up to above 30. I think he's at 31%. And 
it's just wild to me because if he's hitting those shots, he's going to be able to get to the rim whenever. He's going to be able to pump fake, pull up from 15 feet, and then his last three games, he hasn't missed a free throw. He's 12 for 12 his last three games. Well, there goes my theory. <laughs> and, well, like, literally, here's the thing. Like, I feel like Peyton Pritchard, people have him ahead of him. People have Marcus Howard ahead of him, which Marcus Howard's stats are, like, clearly better. And Peyton Pritchard's stats are slightly better. But, like, the one thing those dudes aren't doing is leading their teams to tons of wins. Like, Oregon's good. But, like, I don't know. I feel like if you're the best point guard on potentially – if you're the best player on the best team and you're putting up legit stats, then I'm taking him for a guy like Peyton Pritchard. So – and Luke, I mean, get out of here with the Iowa guy. Yeah, he puts up big numbers. Hey. Do not Does anyone think Luke Garza? Luke Garza. Does that anybody is. think he's winning player of the year? Come on. Have you I, seen yeah. his eyebrows? You know who I'll accept as player of the year over Dot, and there's one guy, it's Obi Toppin. Ray Jones. No. Can, do you think someone from a mid like a mid major conference like that could win player of the year? I think well, Jared did. Yeah, and I think when like Jimmer Obi like takes forty a game, Jimmer was absolutely insane. Yeah, when Obi came in, nobody, like, even really knew who Dayton was. Like, nobody expected Dayton to be good at all this year. And then Obi comes in, becomes a superstar. Now he's their top 10 team. So now I'm like, okay, he legitimately made such an impact. He took them from unranked to top five, top 10 teams. So I think he has a case. I guess Peyton Pritchard has a case, too. But to me, Dotson's kind of having, like, almost like a Jalen Brunson type year. When Jalen Brunson won it two years ago, he didn't have the best stats. But he was just so consistent. And I think Ken Palm shows this. Like, Dot just does not have bad games. He doesn't have off nights. He might no. score 15 one night, but he's still doing other things. So have a big night with steals, a big night at the rim. Like, he just always has good nights. And I, that reminds me a little bit of Jalen Brunson that year when Villanova was just the clear best team. And I know we're not the clear best team, but I yes, do think after are. Saturday, I do think after Saturday, if we win, we will be the clear best team. So I just, I don't know. I think Dot really has a chance. I think he's in the best position to make a push out of anybody. Like, Miles Powell, his stats are worse this year than they were last year. Like, I just, I don't know. I think Dot's in a good spot. Uh, at least we get to be unbearable if Obi wins player of the year because we can just say that Dotson beat him and had 33 points against him. We beat him. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be. No, I like Obi a lot. <laughs> Obi's so, awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, he was so dope when he had that. His back to the Maui game, but when he hit that three and turned to our bench and started talking shit, but like the ball was like a third of the way there, I fell in love with the guy, even though it was against us. Like that was so awesome when he did that. He also just casually windmilled on a fast break on his brother last week. <laughs> what He's if? A lunatic. What if Dot is like Frank Mason rest of the year, just backpacking us, carrying us every night, hitting jumpers. <laughs> Not missing. Do we lose in the Elite Eight? <laughs> no, like, that's an honest question. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't think, I just don't even think we need Dot to be that good. I don't know. Here's the thing. He almost is Frank Mason as we are right now. Like, he literally is almost that good. He's averaging 20 without hitting threes. I know, dude. He's insane. What is Frank? Frank, Frank averaged 25 and 5. And five. Like, Dotson. And he was like the first player in Big 12 history to do that. And Dotson's like, if he goes for like 28 a few more times, he, he might get the 30, 20 again. 
Yeah, and that's the he was twenty six of ninety six from three before Monday night. And what'd he go like? Six of eight. Yeah, I think I know we said that Dayton might have been his best game. I know he scored more points against Dayton, but last night or Monday night, I think that was like all around his best. Because when did we take him out? Like five or six minutes left in the game. And he, had he was, 20, like, I think, he was eight for eleven from the floor. Like he, he was super efficient. He was playing good defense. He didn't miss any free throws. Like it wasn't as exciting of a game. He didn't get to the thirty marker. But against Dayton, he also had OT. So like, yeah. I, like if you look at like efficiency, which I know that sounds like super analytically or analytical and Ken Pommy, but like, I don't know. Like if I if we gave him ten extra minutes of game time to play against Iowa State, he goes for maybe forty yeah. in a close game with free throws and stuff. So. <clears throat> and he's still at 82% from the line. I just I, just, I don't Frank was that. At, there's no way. Frank was at 79. According to AB, Doc's shooting 44% from the line this year. Yeah, no, and Doke is shooting 80, I swear. I swear they make, like, the same percentage. That's crazy, though. Like, Dot's shooting as many free throws, about as many free throws as Frank did his senior year, and he's shooting a better percentage. Is he really? Oh, I feel like I Frank is not the line. That. that blows my mind. So, Devon... That- Devon's shooting 5.8 free throws a game at 81%. <clears throat> Frank was at 6.5, shooting 79. That's so great. Frank was shooting more, but... It well, felt like Frank shot 10 free throws a game. Yeah. Whenever we needed a bucket, he'd go get fouled from, like, the jump. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, Frank had such a weird career because he wasn't super great until his senior year. But it felt like Bill trusted him right away to just go do his thing to drive and throw something up. Like, sure. I don't want to get too much of 2014 Frank Mason, but <laughs> he's had a really, like, weird career to me. Like, people look back and call him one of, like, the all-time greats. He, he was. I think he had one of the best seasons in, like, KU memory. But those first three years were weird, I thought. Yeah. I know. I was just looking. He averaged 12 his sophomore year, 12 his junior year, which I didn't even think that would have been the numbers, but he shot 47% from three his that's senior what, That's what made him just banana land good. <laughs> what a guy. We've, we've said all year, too, that there's no way Doc can keep shooting like this, so <clears throat> maybe he's just they're going to start falling, and maybe the hip injury was the reason they, he was coming up short on most of his threes, so if he starts making them consistently, I mean, we know how hard he is to guard already, but the he can definitely that, make his case for player of the year Saturday and then rest of the year. Yeah, the thing that makes me confident is, like, Bill. Every time Bill gets asked about, like, his shooting, Bill's like, look, this dude is a good college shooter. Like, he's one of our best shooters on our team. And maybe that's Bill just, like, helping him draft-wise and stuff like that. But also, Bill sees this guy play every single day. And for him to just keep being like, he's a good shooter, we're confident in him shooting. That makes me feel like Dot's definitely better than what he's shown. And I think we all know he's better than what he's shown, which who cares? All we need is him to shoot. If he can just shoot 35% the rest of the way, I think we're all happy, right? Can you imagine a tournament game where he hits like four or five threes? I mean, he's going to have 25-30. Yeah, I mean, imagine a tournament game where Marcus makes six. How, how, how mad are you if you're that opposing team? In a sweep. Wow. We've been through that though on the other side. So literally, I mean, if he hits six threes again, we're winning by twenty. Okay. Other than Dot in that Iowa State game, Christian Brown finally got out of his little slump. He had a huge first half, great game. That was nice to see. I memorized his first half stat line, by the way. Let's hear it. 
five for five, three or three from three, 13 points. I mean, he just fucking, it was good to see after two weeks of struggling because we really thought he was like our third option for a minute there. He's, it was kind of like Marcus last year where like, I know yeah. it's probably more fair to compare him to Ochai because Ochai like not came, uh, Ochai came out of nowhere. Christian really didn't. But I mean, one for that Villanova game for Christian, we started like actually playing and dominating in other ways than shooting when we just thought he was a shooter. I feel like that's yep. when he kind of started coming out of his shell. But he had a stretch. Like, that K-State game, he had, what, 25 points? Like, <laughs> how, mad are, how mad are they going to be if he goes off in Bramwich, too? Oh. I mean, nuts. This becomes like a little K-State killer. That would be hilarious if he just murders them eight games in his career, maybe even more than that if we play in the Big 12 tournament. He's just one of those guys that I feel like we all know we're going to fall in love with. It's like watching his freshman year, like when Devontae would get in. Like I remember he had like a 10-second call like pressing someone, and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to love this kid. And Christian's a Kansas kid and plays really hard, athletic, can shoot, so – we're going to love him, but people are going to hate him. Like, absolutely hate him. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, like, on a national level, depending on how good we are when he's, like, an upperclassman. But, oh. like, God, I, Grayson Allen was hated because of the tripping and stuff, but a lot of it because he was the white kid from Duke. But, I mean, you get, like, a dude that's been around and playing, like, strong minutes for four years that just looks goofy looking. I... He's gonna be hated, and I can't wait for it. I just, it's, it's it's like Marcus even like Marcus has another year, and I we've said this from the jump like people are gonna hate Marcus next year, and I think a lot of people like outside of the Big Twelve are gonna be like this guy's back again. Like I was, I was just about to say that when like you have a guy that just brings terror to your team, like defending you, you always just feel like it's like Javon Carter. Every game was like okay. At least we'll be done with Javon Carter after this game, and then it's like you find out he's a sophomore. You're like, what? Well, he was he was forty years old, six. Yeah. <laughs> what's like? A, what's a good prediction for Marcus's stat line next year as a senior? Uh, I'm glad I, we're talking about this because I have questions for you guys, but I'll let you, I'll let you answer the stat line. With him playing point guard, I think he could average like eleven, eight, seven, and then like two or three steals. He's just gonna fill it up. ABG. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess my question I was thinking about earlier is, like, with Marcus being a primary ball handler, do you think he could, like, score enough slash improve his shot enough uh, this offseason to, like, because like we said earlier, if he improves his shot, it's not only going to open up the stuff for the team, but, like, he can drive around people and get easy layups. If he's the primary point guard next year, like, could you see him going, like, 15, 8, and 6 and, like, Big 12 player of the year and like being on an all-American level like I feel like he's putting all this up being off the ball and maybe that helps him I don't know but like he can clearly play the point guard and he does when we have Dotson out or Dotson was hurt for a while like if he's our starting point guard and handles the ball 90% of the time next year like you think he can make a push for Big 12 player of the year or something like that or is he hitting a ceiling right now with just dominating on defense and like being a role player on offense I think we're going to have so many options next year to score. So many, like, wing got like, Brown's back. Ochai's probably back. Dave. Like, I just don't know why we would need Marcus to score that much. Are we going to go ahead and just get Doke a medical red shirt and he can play another year next year? Can you imagine what we do to next year? We can tell our uh, off-season pod when we're talking about that and we're talking about Marcus averaging a triple-double next year. Mm. <laughs> That'll surely happen. It'll probably come out of my mouth where I'll say these hot. Like, 
I just said that he should be a first-team All-American next year. That's a hot pick. But, is but, it wild that uh, Marcus is averaging more assists than Dot? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, so that is pretty pretty wild to me, honestly. Marcus is at 4.6, Dot's at 4.2. That, I mean, that doesn't shock me that much. I don't think of Dot as, like, an elite passer. I know, but it's yeah, like, true. that's our All-American Player of the Year point guard, and he has the ball way more than Marcus does. Yeah. If um, he does start a point next year, I mean, right now he's averaging 10, 5, and 5. So, I mean, it's hard to really expect much from him shooting from deep. But if he is an improved shooter, I don't see why he couldn't be at, like, 12 or 13 a game. And, like, if he shoots 35% somehow from three next year, he'll probably be at 12, 13 a game. And maybe I don't see why he couldn't average six or seven assists and then oh. six rebounds or so. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think his rebounding in this – maybe not – I guess rebounding might not with him playing point, but I don't know. Either way, I think we're all in love with Marcus, and I'm so excited <laughs> for him to be back. He, I, will he have another hairstyle next year? He went from the fro to the braids. Like, I want him to go full cornrows or something. 10, 10, 5, and 5, and the best defensive player in the country. That's – I'll take that. I, I will take that as well. What are the odds we lose him after this year? To where? Yeah, it came to mind. Like, is if he we gonna win a get, national championship. Is he going to get better as a scorer? The only chance he has at getting the NBA is showing that he has some sort of offensive game. So he has to come back. Yeah, but I don't know if that matters. Like Braden just said, like, what's his ceiling as a scorer? We're not like, how much more can he do on offense? So, like, if this is his peak, like, I, mean, I think nah. a lot of times when people leave early, People like view it as, is this guy ready for the NBA? I think that's kind of like we've moved past that. It's more like, how much better can you get? And is it worth another year of your career? Because career spans in so young now. Like, is it worth going back for another full year or, you know, 5% of your NBA or overseas career to get slightly better on offense and maybe improve your draft stock by 10 spots? You know what I mean? So, like, if he gets told this is his peak and someone wants to take him or probably he's going to be an international player forever. But, like, I don't know, maybe something cool, too. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. But it yeah. came to mind. Uh, I, I think it'll be back, but I don't know. Yeah, let's not break down whether Marcus Garrett's going pro after this season. That is I nice. just – we've seen it many times. When teams win national championships – Players leave earlier than you'd expect. That's true. I guess I don't care. If we win a national championship, I don't give a shit. Anybody. Um, and I think this will be a better question probably on at about Saturday at like 2 o'clock. But how good do you guys feel about this team going on a tournament run like right now as we speak? I feel pretty good, but I'm just terrified of a team we run into getting wildly hot and like our offense just can't match them. But – our offense has been good the last two two games. So yeah. my god, my best friend Ken Palm says we have a top ten offense in the country. Yeah, That's it's crazy. crazy. I we feel should probably good. talk about that Baylor game, huh? Yeah, we should probably get into what this whole episode's for. We're like fifty yeah, minutes instead of making time. a three hour preview. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, this uh, would be the biggest Baylor basketball game in how long? Probably Josh Jackson, no. Well, this was probably bigger, but this one, that one's probably comparable, I would say. Like yeah, you, win, you win this game, you pro- you have a good chance at 
maybe running the table in the conference. I know. The number one overall seed, locking up the Big 12. You have college game day in town. I mean, I agree. It's the biggest game in Baylor history, regular season game. Like that one with Josh Jackson, that game was for them. It was a top five game, but uh, like that was more of us. Like we were playing for the Big 12 title. Like if we won that game, we knew we had it locked up. Whereas this one, they are playing for that. Like this is their chance to freaking essentially clinch it. Like I know it doesn't mathematically work out like that, but they definitely do. So. Yeah, it's a big one. They got a wide out for college game day. Are you looking for the best selection of KU basketball tickets? Check out our friends over at Tickets for Less. They have the best tickets for every game, whether it's Allen Fieldhouse, at the Sprint Center, or on the road. Plus, as an added bonus to our listeners, you can use promo code Ain't No Seats 5 at checkout for even more savings on your KSU, KU tickets at ticketsforless.com. Hey, if you're a KSU fan, you can buy them from Tickets for Less, too. Um, unlike other sites, Tickets for Less does not charge taxes or service fees, meaning that the price you see is the price you pay. Tickets for Less is also the official ticket marketplace of the Big 12 Conference, meaning they're your go-to source for the Big 12 tournament tickets coming up in Kansas City. So, like we said, use promo code Ain't No Seats 5 get that discount, buy your tickets if you're going to the Big 12 tournament or you want to go to the NCAA tournament or just Allen Fieldhouse, buy your tickets through Tickets for Less, use Ain't No Seats 5. All right, so let's just get into it. How are you guys feeling about this Baylor game? B-turn, we can start with you. I heard a lot of people just say that they don't see us getting swept and we never lose to Scott Drew. and Like, it all makes sense, and I kind of feel the same way too, but Baylor's just really fucking good. Like, their resume's insane. They're 13-0 and in the conference. I know the conference is down, but they beat – I mean, they beat Butler, they beat Arizona, they beat Villanova, they won at Florida, they beat us at Allen Fieldhouse. They just seem to win. They're really athletic, long, got a bunch of good bigs. They might have the player of the year in the conference. Butler's really good. Teague's really good. I know our coach is better, and but it's on the road at Baylor. We just said one of the biggest games in their program's history, and I mean, they can essentially win the Big 12 and avoid us winning it you know like we're the only team that has a chance to win the big 12 and they can sweep us and i mean it'd be one of the biggest wins scott drew's ever had ab how do you feel i know how i feel but i want to hear what you guys say before i go on my rank i just i don't know like for i feel like it's been like the past like three weeks every time they play a game i'm like They've got to lose at some point. Like, yeah. this is, like they just – with their win last night, I know ESPN was showing it, and Paris and Orlando were talking about it on the pod. They like they have the longest winning streak in the history of the Big 12, and I know that extends outside of conference play, but they've won like 23 or 24 in a row. 13-0 and in conference is wild. Um, and like Braden was saying, the conference stinks, but they have big wins in the conference. Like, they're beating us. They're beating Westwater. They're beating Tech. And it's just like – when is it going to end? Like, I like I thought Oklahoma would win last night, and then I thought that our we play on Saturday and win, and we take control when the Big Twelve outright. But it's just like, are they just going to run the table and win out? Like, why would I pick against them? They just they're not losing. Yeah, but I, I don't know how to feel. It's truly a toss up. I mean, we've we've played in a lot of games where it's like the biggest in school history. Like the this game kind of reminds me of, uh, in a way, I know we were at the time of the game in good position to win the Big Twelve. But that Texas Tech game a couple years ago uh, with Devontae, him taking over, where Tech had game day for the first time ever. 
they were back big like blackout um it was for the conference but we were kind of in control that's the only minor difference to me but it's same kind of thing biggest game in their school history we went in and won that one so maybe we can do it again but it's going to be a fucking battle and those games end up being classics so assuming it could be a classic game but i don't know maybe i'm just like I am way too confident, and maybe that's a big problem, and we should all be terrified of that. But, like, let me just break some things down for you. One, let's just start with this. Bill Self is 18-7 and seven in top five matchups. He just lost his last one to Baylor. I don't see him going. Like, I feel like the odds are in him. In his favor, he's eighteen and seven. Why would he? Why would he lose two straight? Just not gonna happen. That's that's first point, which is kind of just a point. Really doesn't mean much. Yeah, but but uh, he's good. Lost law of averages. So like, is it a law of average that he starts losing some of those? I mean, his top five teams are always like super, super good, top level, obviously. So like, that's true. Start losing a handful of them. I don't know. Um, the other thing is the first meeting. I know we played decent when Dot was out. But, like, we can't, like, look away from the fact that Jackson was not himself. That's his worst game of the season statistically. He had nine points. Doak had six points. Ochai had six points. And Marcus had 11. I just cannot see that happening again. I feel like we've improved a ton since then. And we were in that game until really, I guess, I mean, the final four minutes they probably completely had it but like we were still in that game and nobody on our team played good outside of like isaiah monk so we were still playing the big lineup back then um i just i was blown away when i saw that doke had six points dot had nine and like oach had six like literally nobody played good the other thing is we're getting a ton of rest which i love this couldn't have come at a better point on the schedule we play monday get all week to prepare. We just played two home games, so we haven't traveled in a while, so we're, like, travel, we're not tired from travel. I don't know. I just feel like when I look at everything, giving Bill Self this many days to prep for Scott Drew, I'm so confident, and I feel like an idiot for being this confident, but like, I fully expect us to go in and win at Baylor. Yeah, it just feels like a game we would win. You know, we've had... How many times have we had these big games on the road late in the season where we just have to win to win the conference and they just figure away? And like you said, Bill's been so good against top five, top ten teams in his career. He's hardly ever loses. And, I mean, we're as hot as you can be right now. We haven't lost since we lost to Baylor. We've won 11 in a row. We've only lost one conference game. Doak's been Doak's a completely different player. He's been dominant. We have one of the best – I mean, a National Player of the Year candidate who hardly – he didn't play up to his potential against them, wasn't very good, he got hurt. So it's just, I think, completely different team. We have the better coach. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a battle. They're two defensive-minded teams, like two of the best defensive teams in the country. So it could come down to the whoever gets more stops at the end of the game. Um, I don't – I think we texted about this, but I don't think we talked about it on the pod uh, – do you think we're a lock at the moment for a number for a one seed? Yeah. And then if, I, we win, if we win Saturday, what do you think the percentages are that we get the number one overall? Pretty pretty damn good because I think we'll if we play him again in Kansas City, I think we win that one. Um, but no, like I've seen, I think Ravel tweeted about it too. That I've seen a few tweets about it. People are really getting KU as, as a one seed at plus money. That's insane. I mean, I- 
I wanted to empty my 401k, my Roth IRA, my savings. I wanted to empty everything I have on KU to be a one seed. Because we're just going to be a one seed. Unless, like, Doak and Dot break their legs. We're I, Even if one of those guys gets hurt, I think we still get a one seed. And the thing is, you like, right now would be the perfect time to get it. Because if we do win on Saturday, it's 100% chance. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then if we do win Saturday, you don't get the bet in. After that, it's probably going to be minus 250, 300 probably. Yeah. I think I saw Gonzaga was minus 500 a couple weeks ago, which makes sense because I think they could probably afford a loss and still be on the one line because they play pretty good non-con. But, like, God damn. I just – I think we've talked about this on the pod. Maybe it's just me ranting, like, different, uh, different ways through text or FaceTime or something. But who – like, what other teams are going to jump onto the one line? Like, Dayton's hanging around. I know they're not losing, but, like, we won the head-to-head against them. Have We rank stronger in all the analytics. We have a stronger strength schedule, obviously. Like, we have better wins. Um, Duke, so always makes like, the, Duke always makes yeah. the push. Duke's the answer, but, like, are we're far from the most likely to drop from the one line because San Diego State's one loss away. Um, Baylor, I mean, I think Baylor's the number one overall right now, but if we win Saturday, which I think we all think we will, I mean, uh, we said that would lock it up. But, I mean, still, like, Duke's the only one that could, but I don't know. Duke just seems weird. They have worse losses than us. They don't have as many big wins because the ACC stinks worse than the Big 12. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm a homer right now, but I just, other than Duke, I don't see any other teams that could hop on the one line. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think we all agree we'll we'll get a one seat, even if we do lose Saturday. All right, the one thing I was sitting at work thinking about today is like, what does this? What do we have to do to beat Baylor? Like, I feel like you play teams a lot, and you kind of know like this is their one strength. You got to stop them at. You got to prevent Villanova from hitting a three, or you got to stop so-and-so from scoring a lot of points. You got to stop Obi Toppin. Like, I feel like there's one thing teams do really well. Baylor, I just feel like, I mean, obviously they're elite defensively, but, like, they're just so rock solid. Like, I just feel yeah. like if we play our normal game, we should win. Like, I don't think we have to do anything super special to beat Baylor. Like, I don't I don't know. Well, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, like you said, they're so balanced, man. Like, we know they have – we know Butler's really good, but they just have so many – solid dudes like gillespie and teague and vital and they're just and then last like last night watching them the announcers are just like they play so well together like they're all so close and they're all good teammates whatever and and we talked about dot getting hurt when we played them but the really the one thing that costed us was that run to in the first half so and this is analysis here but obviously if you <laughs> hold them like if you don't give up one of those huge runs that puts you in a huge hole on the road especially, then, I mean, I don't see – we could beat anyone. We say this every episode. We Every game we've lost has been insanely tight, and then the Baylor game where a lot of shit happened. But, I mean, we're, I feel like we're going to be in it at the end, and then, like I said earlier, it's going to come down to just getting stops. Yeah. 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 A.B., do you have your answer on what we need to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think – you hinted at it earlier, like giving stuff like five days of prep is huge, but we just Baylor's defense made us look so out of the ordinary last time we played that I've got to think Bill is going to like with these handful of days 
just have something to like attack it. And I know that's just like obvious, like watching film stuff, but honestly, like our defense is good enough. We should have to score consistently and not look awful, dreadful on offense, which we did last time we played him. But yeah. I do have a question for you guys. Is Teague playing on Saturday? I think he is. He was a game time decision before their game against OU. And if you're a game time decision on Wednesday, I think or Tuesday, I think you're gonna play Saturday. Probably, but I mean, we saw with the Chiefs for two years. Eric Berry was day to day for two full years. So it was insane. That fucker was going off on us at Allen. And I know. Remember he he I he shook the I didn't crowd. know who he was, and then he started like taunting the crowd and shushing the crowd early in the first half. And I tweeted, "Everyone hates him." I tweeted, "31 won't score another point the rest of the game." He scored a thousand more points, so that was not. <laughs> I think I called him like the most hated player since Marcus Smart or something at Allen Fieldhouse because he was like just, haunting the crowd. He was wanting to get booed. I know he's kind of a. I respect it honestly. If he if he if he airballed a shot, do you remember the K State game where airballs went on for an hour and a half? It felt like it's it would have been like that, but it would have been like pregame tip off decibel of one twenty of airballs from like there are ninety year olds on press row that would be yelling airball at that guy. There were so many people that were mad at him. Hey, did he, did he that game? Giada? I thought. Oh, I thought we were talking about Teague. No, yeah. I was talking about Teague. Yeah. I thought he airballed that game. Really? Maybe he did. But then he scored so much that I think he airballed, and that's why he was talking shit. Yeah, that's when I think he shushed the crowd, is because we airballed every time he touched the ball, and then he made like three in a row, and then boy, did he have the right to just shove it up our ass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's hard to feel confident because I just feel like it's going to be such a good game. Like, two of the obviously two of the best teams in the country. They both play really good defense. I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I'm like, I'll take Bill over Drew, and I know Bill's probably taking it personally because how salty would he be if he lost to his son twice in the same year? Yeah. Uh. What was I going to say? I can't even remember what I was going to say. I mean, I guess I remember. Bill got swept by Boynton. Ciao, my guy. And I remember us being like, well, there's Bill. no way we're swept by Oklahoma State. So, I mean, maybe we're thinking of that wrong. Granted, we had already wrapped up the comp- the Big 12 championship, so that Oklahoma State game meant nothing, whereas this means everything. So, I, have a I don't know. For you guys, while we're on uh, Oklahoma State sweeping us. If we lose on Saturday and play Baylor in the Big 12 championship, how much of your – how many limbs are you going to bet on that game that KU wins? We are not losing three games to Baylor in the same season. Like, two like possible. Like, it happens. Like you said, it happens to Oklahoma State. But, boy, oh, boy, we're not losing three to the same team. <laughs> I don't think that's happened. It's definitely not happened with Bill at KU. No. There's no way. Yeah, like you said, I could definitely see two happen because just because the magnitude of Saturday and it's at home, like, I mean, it could be the loudest that arena's ever been. Literally, why not? Yeah, I, I mean, think it's cool. I know I bitched about the 11 a.m. This is going back to game day, but I do like the feel where the game starts as game day ends because game day is like the full stadium. Like, mm-hmm. it sometimes feels weird when you're watching it when they just have one section and then they like sh- like show everything else and it's just empty. But you're going to see people like filing in. I didn't think about that. Like, where are they going to do it in front of? Because they can't have like everyone be on like mid court like they do at Allen. 
because people actually sit there. So yeah. I don't know the last the time I crowd. saw a basketball game day. I bet the now I bet they'll set up like in the lobby or like the little whatever it's called at a like somewhere outside the actual court, which kind of takes away from your the crowd being behind them. They probably won't do the half court shot, will they? <laughs> I don't know. I love how we're breaking this. this is pretty, no, but I guess it's crazy. Like I just started thinking about this. Like, Are they gonna do the half court shot? That's the biggest part of game day now that Jay Williams <laughs> left and his cheesy ass unbuttoning his shirt and showing the jersey he's wearing is done. <laughs> do the half court I shot. I hated that so much. That was the corniest thing in the history of human that he would he would like he was the worst hype man for it too. Like Corso yeah. in football, it's kind of like cringe because I don't think he's healthy and he can hardly like speak now. But back in the day, he and he still does it where he like teases and hints at stuff and like says stupid shit. But it's funny. Jay Williams, when he would do his jersey reveal, tried to be like cute and funny about it, and it was just awful. It came off horrible to me. I might be alone in that, but no, it was always corny and just not. <laughs> I never gave a shit. Like when Corso does it, you're like, who's he gonna be? With Jay Williams, <laughs> I don't. Corso's care. awful too. Corso's yeah. like, it's He's like a trend to like bet against him. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Corso's got to be 107 years old. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. That's the Lou Holtz. He's been putting mascot anymore. heads on his head for 100 years. <laughs> hey, I have I have another question about game day. What happened to Digger Phelps? Uh, no idea. He was a staple in my life. Can you? This is fucked, but can you imagine if he was dead and A.B. asked that? Oh, boy. I don't think he is. I think like, I'd know if he was. Like, yeah. I was like, I gotta go look. I'm going to go confirm before he's That would be tough if A.B. asked what happened to Digger Phelps and it's just, like, uh, dead. Right, right. have we ever told you that story about the Royals announcer? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. One of the radio announcers was like, so whatever, what is Jose Lima up to these days? <laughs> he had passed He had passed away. <laughs> No, it's like it's like the chick asking Andrew Wiggins if he'd reached out to Wilt Chamberlain or if Wilt Chamberlain had reached out oh, to God. him. That's that's an all-time one because I feel like she was legitimately the only person in the world that did not know Wilt Chamberlain died. Like the only one. The thing with like, Kizioch though was like, it, and it's like not recorded. Like I can't find a video or a clip of it anywhere, which I'm so <laughs> sad about. But he was I mean, just like, I wonder how he's doing. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm like the next like batter. He's like. Folks, I'm sorry. Uh, I realized I made a mistake and asked how Jose was doing. Of course, he tragically passed away a few years back. Uh, <laughs> Royal Point 2 to 1 here in the fourth. <laughs> Can you do that girl? That girl probably thinks about that question like every day. No, Hold on. Sure. A, B, or B turn. B turn. Restart what you just said. You guys both froze at the same time. Just restart that girl. That girl has to think about that question she asked Wiggins, like, all the time. I feel like that's so embarrassing that that moment probably comes up in her head all the time. Oh, it's like, you know those moments in your life where you kind of look back and you just cringe? Like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, or I wish I wouldn't have said yeah. that. That girl does that every single day, thinking about the time she asked about Wilt Chamberlain. There's been, I mean, it's bad to kind of laugh about that, but I guess we can, like... There's also that Shaq moment. I can't remember Shaq asking who died, but Ernie was like, oh, he actually passed away. And Shaq was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, he was just like, yeah, oh, triple Shaq. Oh, damn. Shit, uh, um, uh, do we have, I don't know. I Big game Saturday. I'm excited for Baylor. I think it's going to be, it, it's 
feels like an like I, I know it's corny and cliche to say like it feels like an NCAA tournament game, but like it just has that feel where it's all I think about all week, like praying that we just bring our A game and don't I don't know play awful. Like it would be such a letdown if we just get beat yeah. by double digits. I mean, yeah, and it's a statement game. We really can prove that we're the best team in the country, and we can go into that building, biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest games in their history, and beat them and give yeah. them their first Big 12 loss. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah, and I honestly think it's uh, – like, there's a chance we could, like, change Baylor's entire season by beating them. Like, I could – I know we keep saying it. I still think Baylor could potentially – spiral out of control which they probably aren't at this point but like if we just went in and shook their confidence up a little bit who knows maybe they do drop a home game and then they do lose at west virginia and all of a sudden we'd potentially win the league by like two games but unlikely i know but like you said it's just so many statements could be made it could be the clear number one team dot could be national player of the year marcus could make some big defensive player of the year where he's the defensive player of the year like i don't know i just feel like Doe could do the same you know what would be sick is if Dot wins National Player of the Year, Doak wins Big 12 Player of the Year. Probably unlikely, but that would be pretty cool. Makes no sense. And then, but... yeah, if we win Saturday, too, then we start talking number one overall seed. Yep. And maybe I'm gonna say maybe our path somehow gets easier from getting the number one overall seed. Who knows? Well, the big thing with number one overall, I know we're probably thinking they're going to do whatever it takes to – throw Duke and the East just for like tickets and sales and whatever. But I would like to avoid them and they're probably going to be like the number five overall seed. And if we're number one overall, then we can't be uh, paired with the best two. So that's something I guess, but I think it's pretty much a lock at this point that Dayton's going to be our two. Cause I think we're going to be in the Midwest, which is terrible. Uh, I disagree. You... I think Dayton screams losing to a seven seed this year. Well, then we'll lose to that seven seed. Michigan state fingers crossed. <laughs> But also, you get to the Elite Eight, that's pretty good, pretty damn good year. And then, who knows, maybe we get the dub, get to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, I have one more thing to say uh, on Baylor, and I want to get this out now before they possibly beat us again. Are we just like, like, it's crazy to me that a team that's been number one for like four or five weeks in a row and hasn't lost since early November, and like no one wants to say that they're like the best team in the country or that they're national title favorites like i feel like whenever someone like asked about who's going to win the title it's gonzaga's finally going to break through or ku's getting hot or kentucky's getting hot and putting it all together duke has a chance because they have elite talent but like how many people are out there saying that the number one team in the country and on like a 25 game win streak it just feels weird that no one i don't know but that, that they're disrespecting that, them as number one ranked team in the country it's weird that was kind of like my point, though, earlier. It's like there's nothing about Baylor that just stands out to you. Like, they don't shoot it super crazy good from three. They don't have a dominant big man. Jared Butler's really good, but he's not like – he doesn't have, like, superstar – I don't know. You don't look at him and think, like – I don't know. He's not Miles Power. He just makes absurd shots and stuff like that. They just – they're just so sol- – I think it's just because they're boring and they're Baylor. Like, and their fans don't care. So, it's just – I don't know. I think they're boring. You're totally right. If their name was Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, people would be talking about them as, like, the most dominant team we've seen in years. But just, I don't know. And that's not even the point I'm trying to make because, like, I think that overall we're better than them. I know it sounds weird because, like, record and stuff and they beat us. But, like, 
I think we're the better team, have the better talent, and have the better coach, obviously. But they just, for whatever, they just keep winning. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Here, they just, I know. And it was to, at that point, Washington was fully healthy yeah. and like a the weird shitty matchup. Washington team. They're beating a shitty Washington team away from being undefeated. Right. It's crazy. But I don't know. I just want to get that across because if oh, I yeah. said that next week on an episode that they were, they're not going to be, like, if they beat us on Saturday, then they're certainly going to be picked by a lot of people to win the national championship. You don't exactly. sweep a top five team in the world and then, like, have a 25-26 game win streak and be 14-0 and in one of the top five conferences in the country and not get picked to win championships. So I think they're also, maybe that's what they're fighting for as well as the conference title is, like, they can play the disrespect card like we did with Devontae and Malik. Oh, yeah. We were a one seed, and we still get shit for saying that we're an underdog. But no one was really picking us to come out of that region with Duke and Michigan State. So, like, maybe that's what they're they're playing the disrespect card. No one believes in us. No one's picking us. To, or no one actually thinks we're elite. We're just, we've won a lot of games, and that's why we're number one. But no one actually thinks we're the best team. Maybe yeah. that's what they're playing for, for respect and credit and more credit for Scott Drew, who it's funny enough, he's probably going to win National Coach of the Year, right? Which means we can't talk shit on him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's got that on lock. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, I I hope none of this conversation matters when we just dominate them on Saturday and we become that number one team that everyone's terrified of. Which I think people are kind of starting to talk about us being the best team in the country, but. I don't know. Not enough people. So, yeah. I mean, shit, our offense has looked insane the last two nights. Exactly. If we do that, we are the best team in the country, and there's, like, really no way to dispute it at this point. Do you think we <laughs> hopped on Zaga if we went on Saturday? Yes. Yeah. I will throw – you know my my brand is throwing a fit about the AP poll. I will <laughs> throw a fit if Gonzaga beats UC Santa Clara this week by 40 and we win at Baylor. Is that who they got? A week and I don't know who they got. I love that ABC <laughs> got who they play. A week no, and a I half. Got, I got reasons for that. Well, I don't. This is something sneaky that we haven't really talked about um, because the game didn't seem to matter a whole lot, and we won by fifty. Oh, this is who BYU. they do play on Saturday. BYU is the top twenty team in Ken Palm, and Gonzaga does go to BYU on Saturday, so maybe they'll just lose that game. But if they beat BYU, who's like on a fringe of being ranked. And there's another team I want to talk about right after this, um, but BYU, they're good, so they're only they're only going to be a two or three point favorite. That's a, I think that's a good enough win to keep you in our keep avoid from being hopped for number one. Amy's starting to get pumped about March Madness. Oh, I know. He needs, so pumped. You need a college basketball pod so you can talk about BYU because I promise not a soul <laughs> listening right now gives a shit. Yeah, it helps our resume. It's a good win for us. Um. I just uh, I just thought of a new drinking game. Stop what? Drink every time Ken Palm. Yeah. Here's another Ken Palm. You know who else is good? And I said this to someone yeah, last night, but I want you guys to guess who is good, like a, a good team that should be getting bubble consideration. Maryland. No. Maryland. Yeah, I think they're good. What? Uh, uh, God, I don't know. VCU. I hate I hate crediting teams I don't like um, or giving them like like I, we talk shit. I'll just say it now. Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin when Stephen F. Austin was like 300th in Ken Bomb. 
they're like top 100 right now and haven't lost since like Thanksgiving <laughs> or like in between Thanksgiving me? and Christmas. You're talking they're about fucking, Stephen, well, Stephen F. Austin. I'm fighting for the Lumberjacks. I mean, this is off the rails officially. It sure uh-huh. is. I just want to, they've won a shitload. They're going to go 31 and 3. Like, it's insane. We look at that loss, and I feel like a lot of people say the Duke loss to Stephen F. Austin was worse than the Kentucky to Evansville because there was a bigger point spread or whatever. Evansville's horrible now. We need and, to cut this because I don't want people to know that Duke loss to Stephen F. Austin wasn't as hilarious as it seemed at the time. So well, it was. It was. Like, I'm not denying it. It was funny. But we've kind of seen now that Stephen of Austin may have been, like, super undervalued at that point. Not saying that Duke should have, like, had any business losing that game. Like, that's still funny that they lost that game. But Stephen of Austin is, like, a decent low major team that is going to be a 12 or a 13 seed. And that one of us three will talk ourselves into taking them over at four or five. I can't stop laughing at how bored Peter is right now. <laughs> Um, I just can't wait to see. Oh man! Be watching Selection Sunday, and then they oh, pop up. Like a thir- what seed are they going to be? Twelve or thirteen, probably. Yeah, and then whatever five you see. Well, you know they're they're remind me of? They remind me of that the Northern Iowa team that beat us. They're going to win okay. thirty plus games. They're going to be like a ten through thirteen seed, maybe a nine. Who knows? Um, but that's just I don't know. Low major, but they're they're good. They're fine. They're good teams. Wow. Okay. Uh, B turn. Do you have anything else? Because <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'll never shut the hell up. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? Some mid majors? <laughs> no, please, for the love of God. I tune think Dart, in. Tune I think in. Dart to, could go on a run this year. <laughs> tune into AB's mid major breakdown podcast starting the night at midnight. You guys are haters. I talk about one fucking low major team. It's the end of the goddamn world. Adderall and does like a two-hour episode about mid-majors. <laughs> you just you guys eight, fucking suck dude, dick. You they just seven-foot-two guy from Argentina, averaging eight, twelve rebounds a game. AB, you just spent eight minutes talking about BYU and Stephen F. Austin on our Baylor preview pod. We talk about BYU and Stephen F. Austin more than we talk about Baylor. That's wrong. That's false. <laughs> I don't like what you just said. BYU means a lot. BYU is one of our best ones of the year. Does, need to start realizing that. It does help our one seed case. That's Thank you. Big game Saturday. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap oh, this up. I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about the the SoCon next with East Tennessee. No. I'm going to mute your mic or however I do that. But Herman. good boys. Big game Saturday. I'm feeling good. I think we're all feeling fairly good. We've got Bill Self, and that's really all that matters. So. I like our chances. Um, Can't wait to wake up hungover at 10.30 a.m. and get up and just watch the old Hawks. People forget that's my birthday Saturday, so it would be very offensive. It would be very offensive of the Hawks to not win on my birthday. How old are you going to be, 26? Yep. You old hag. A.B., are you excited to get on his party bus this weekend? Uh, I'm not going. I'm anti-party in general. (laughs) You think I invited AB, the man that hates going out? <laughs> well, you more than anything. I hate going out more than you guys hate me talking about Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fun. I love but, when Rai gets bored, he just goes, yeah. <laughs> you can always yeah, tell when yeah. he wants to change the, the topic. He's like, yeah, well. <laughs> well, I just Anyways. didn't have-
I wasn't going to argue with you about Stephen F. Austin. But, yeah, let's go Hawks. Big game. Let's wrap this up. Hawks, Baylor. Don't sleep through it. I think B-Turn could potentially sleep through it, and that would be hilarious. But don't set your alarms now. But that's all we got, folks. Thanks for listening. Buy a shirt. Leave us a review on uh, iTunes. We haven't got a review in a while. So uh, leave us a five-star review. Don't tag the cops in any more of our tweets. And that's all we got. Rock shot. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.